And we're like, AI will not replace a sales manager. A oh. sales manager using AI will replace the sales manager. <laughs> a sales manager, like, you know, because this essentially is, it's kind of like an assistant, right? It's an assistant that's going out there, giving you what you need so that you can do your job. Literally what your friend was doing of giving the reports to the coach. If like, here's what we need to review. Here's the game film. That's literally what it is. It's a tool. Like now that we're in the new age of AI, of the revolution of AI, the tools that enhance the, the human being 30x, 100x, those are the tools that are probably going to stick around for a long time, right? This is the Wealthy Contractor Podcast, brought to you by G4 Marketing. Interviews with today's top home improvement entrepreneurs about marketing, sales, money, mindset, and lifestyle. Now, here's your host, Brian Kaskavalsian. Hey, everybody. Welcome to another episode of the Wealthy Contractor Podcast. So a few weeks back, I did a virtual session with Sebastian Jimenez from Rilla. And it was so good. I was so impressed with Sebastian and his take on AI, his experience with AI, that I thought it would be good for us to share it here on the podcast. Now, as you probably know, AI or artificial intelligence is all the rage in the business world right now. And it makes sense. I mean, you should use every advantage to get ahead in your business. But as an owner or sales manager in the home improvement industry, how do you implement these new technologies in a way that isn't just cool, but that actually makes an impact on your revenue and profits? And so that's where this special virtual session that we did with Sebastian comes in. And again, I was so impressed. I thought, well, instead of this was like a closed a closed group session, I thought, how cool would it be to make this available to all of you? Because some of the stuff that he's going to be talking about or that we talk about here is how the, you know, giants of our industry are using technology to increase their close ratios. But not only the giants of the industry, but, you know, the rest of us, you know, how are companies of all sizes using these technologies to increase their close ratios by 25%, 30%, and even we'll talk about one that's 233%. So get ready, listen up. This is some really cool stuff and I think you're really going to enjoy it. And I think that you're going to get some some golden nuggets that are going to be able to help you outperform your competition. So let's get to it. All right. So Sebastian, I think we should get I think we should get started. We're recording. So look, everybody, I'm really excited today. I was just telling Sebastian, like all I hear is like Rilla, 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 how great Rilla is. What an amazing platform it is. The, the results have just been like off the charts. Like one company increased their, and these are just a few companies, but one company increased their conversion, their sales conversion rate, face-to-face demo, 22%. Another company, 50%. 
And these aren't, you know, like the first one is a pretty big company, 50%. Another company, 333%. Like, this is incredible. And the only thing that changed is that they installed this product. <laughs> and so it's it's pretty incredible. And so I thought it would be a good idea to have Sebastian come on, do a webinar, and introduce this to as many people as we can in our community. Because look, I was talking with somebody yesterday. We're already starting to see some you know, negative stuff in the economy. Leads are, we know, leads are getting more expensive. They're getting harder to get. Even the aggregators are having a hard time. And there's a lot of people fighting for that same lead. So every lead that you issue, you need to do the best job you can possibly do to convert that into a sale. And of course, one of those things is having an actual step selling presentation, making sure that your sales reps are trained, that you're role playing, that you're doing ride alongs. But then also there's this new thing that actually allows you to listen in on the presentations. This was something that, I mean, the only way you could really do this in the past was you would tell your guys, hey, record your presentation and then let's listen to it later. But nobody ever did that, which by the way, you know, I don't know. I'm a big, I'm a big comedy fan and I love the mechanics. I love the, how they create their sets. You know, a lot of people think a comedian just gets up there and rants for an hour. That's not how it goes. When you're watching these guys on Netflix, these guys have gone into little comedy clubs even the biggest names, they go into little comedy clubs. They have their iPhone with them and they record their presentation, their, their sets. And they see, okay, where did the joke hit? Where did the joke not work? And they go back and they listen and they review and they massage. And then they go back the next night and they try it again until they get it just right. And they do that piece by piece, little at a time until they've got a full hour, a full hour that kills, and then they go out, and that's what we see on Netflix. Well, the sales game is the same, is very, very similar, but what was missing was how the hell do you know what your people are saying in the house that's either helping them sell the deal or not helping them sell the deal, that's actually hurting them from selling it. So in comes Sebastian, who created this incredible AI. I don't even understand completely how it works, but I just know it works, but I want to learn a little bit more. So before we jump in, we've got a presentation that we're going to show everybody, but I just want to know, give everybody, Sebastian, give everybody a little, just a quick version of your background. I know you're a Miami guy, but you're yeah. in New York now. But yeah. give everybody a little bit of your background, and then how the hell did you come up with this idea? That's so funny that you did the stand-up comedy analogy. I used to be a stand-up comedian. 
and I used to oh. record my sets. <laughs> oh, that's funny. Oh, that <laughs> makes a lot of sense <laughs> with you. Yeah, yeah. I literally, when I came to college in New York, so I'm from the Dominican Republic. I came, graduated high school in Miami, went to college at, at New York University, studied data science on paper. What I was actually studying was stand-up comedy because I would go to shitty bars in New York City every single day, do six shows a day, seven days a week, doing stand-up, recording my little sets, trying to do it better, not failing iterating doing it better and literally what you just said i would do like the shows in the weekdays i mean imagine the kind of degenerates that go to a comedy show on a wednesday at 3 30 p.m right that's where you that's when you're working out right you're working out yeah. your jokes you're recording your set so in the weekends you could do like a really killer show and so i i used to be a stand-up comedian i became as obsessed as i was with stand-up with technology because i saw a lot of similarities like this idea of like you have you have to as a craftsman you have to like put yourself out there and like have an audience and launch and, 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 and tell your, you know, give your product out and then they give you feedback. And, 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 and in stand up, you realize that the true intelligence doesn't live in your head. It lives in the world based on the feedback that you get from, yeah. from, from, from people. And the same thing with tech products. I, I became obsessed with technology with this idea of like launching products and iterating quickly. I launched my first company out of college, made good money with that. And then I launched Rilla. And then, uh, yeah, and here we are. <laughs> but how did you, but, but where did the idea come from? I yeah. mean, do, are you in the, were you in the home improvement business? I mean, Not at how, all. Not how at did all. you come up with the idea then? So my, my first idea, actually, for, for any recording tool in general was when I was doing stand-up comedians, all of my comedian friends, I would record my sets. And I was like, first, I, like, it was in the back of my head. That wasn't the idea. But it was like, oh, what if we recorded our sets and like did some analysis to like kind of like figure out what worked with the jokes? Or, that was like the, the original inkling of the idea. But my first company that I launched after college was a field marketing management software for companies like Bolson Coors, Heineken, Red Bull, companies, consumer companies that, that not they didn't do field field sales they did field marketing which a lot of our you know the, the you know the companies that are coming into this webinar maybe you do like some sort of field marketing when you hold like home shows or you go to like the costco stores and you put, put like a little booth there so a lot of consumer brands do this and our software was just like this this really basic kind of software to manage your field marketing like your scheduling your brand ambassador payment everything just like an all-in-one field marketing and we were making like good money with that. It was basically like me and my co-founder coding in our underwear in our dorm room at NYU. And it was like, you know, it was like, and we were generating like six figures for the both of us. And I was like, okay, this is a really good business. But then I, I kind of felt that that wasn't going to be the next big thing. And I found that out about myself. Like, I really want to make something generational, something that's like truly zero to one that didn't exist before. And, and so I was like searching at the cutting edge of technology, AI. You know, and one day I'm talking to the field marketing manager at Heineken and I realized that they were having like 4 million face-to-face -face conversations between consumers and their brand ambassadors on the field every single month, 4 million. And from social media wow. analytics, so from their social media, Heineken was only getting 500,000 points of engagement from all their YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, all their interactions online were only like 500,000 versus offline for their field marketing was 4 million. And I said, holy crap, 4 million conversations that are not being captured. They're not, they're just being lost out in the ether. So nobody's doing anything with those. Like consumers are tasting the products. They're saying what they think. What if we did something valuable with those conversations? And then I realized I did the numbers. There's like, I said, what if we got out of field marketing? We went to field sales. We went to retail. You go into the airport and you talk to the lady at the desk who books your, you know, your trips and, and your tickets. And, and I said, how many people are out there talking, you know, to other people? And I yeah. said, okay, there's about 10 million of those. And they're having about 10 billion face-to-face -face conversations with consumers every single month. 
right? 10 billion. At the time, there was 80 billion searches on Google. And I said, if we could capture and make sense and make use of one eighth of the data that's transacted on Google through these face-to-face -face conversations and analyze them and make it usable for businesses, for their marketing, for their production, for their sales, for everything, I think that would be what we call a generational company. And so I literally called my co-founder up at the time and I say, hey, listen, man, I just had this great idea. I'm literally going to take my money and, and run with it. And he's like, screw you, man. I'm coming with you. So. And so we literally dropped what we were doing and we started real with our own money. How did you find home improvement? It was uh, like you said, with the comedians, a lot of trial and error. <laughs> you have a, you have an initial idea for a joke and it just bombs completely. And there's, yeah. even if there's like a little kernel of truth there, you still have to like, you know, you have to fine tune it in so many, like it, it's so wrong in, in a thousand different ways. We started with field marketing. And I remember the first, the first product launch that we did, you know, there was this girl, this field marketing brand ambassador. We were like recording the audio and it was just like this, this girl, like, uh, I think it was cash app, the first field marketing event that we did. And, and this girl was just screaming at the top of her lungs, like everybody sign up for cash app. We got free pizza. And it was just like loud. Like, you know, and it was like, what are we going to do with this? audio? Yeah. And so we were like, okay, let's, uh, let's iterate. Let's find something where there's a better kind of, you know, more sensible conversations, better kind of like structure uh, to the conversations. And we went to retail and that was in January, 2020. We were launching with high luxury, non-essential retailers in New York in January, yeah. 2020. We're like, we're going to take over. Yeah. <laughs> and then obviously, And then home improvement, it literally from 2020 to 2022, we were basically trying to figure out most, most tech founders discount. Most tech founders, what they're trying to do is try they're trying to find product market fit, which is a miracle. It's like when your product fits the needs of a market, yeah. it's like really hard to do if you're doing something genuinely new. And most founders, they make the mistake that they start with the product. But there's another part of the equation, which is the market. You got to figure out the market. Yeah. <laughs> In the market, it's like, you know, how many people are there? What problems do they have? How much are they willing to pay for this? Like, is this an actual problem that you're solving? And like, is this the right market to be solving the problem for? So we literally spent two years just trying to figure out the market, making the product a little better. The core technology was really hard to make, to figure out. We literally stumbled upon home improvement almost like literally like by accident. You know, I've lived in New York all of my adult life, basically. <laughs> so I, there's not a lot of like yeah. remodeling going on in these like no, tiny yeah. little apartments, right? And it, it was kind of like the perfect storm. At the time, we didn't know this, but we were in retail, right? If you think about it, all of the foot traffic that left stores basically went into people's homes. Yeah. And the home, like everybody who was selling in the home, like the home became like one of the most powerful sales and marketing channels in the world, in yeah. America also, but in the world during COVID. And we didn't know this at the time. We were just trying out an error. But when we started launching with home improvement companies, that's when we found product market fit. That's yeah. when it was like, okay, wow. We launched in, just to give you an idea, we started launching at Home Improvement in January 2022, like actually selling our product. We went from zero to like, you literally look at the graph of revenue. We made $2,000 of monthly recurring revenue, which is like $24,000 of annual recurring revenue in January. We took that from 2,000 monthly recurring to 12,000 in February. We went yeah. from 12,000 to 22,000 in March. We were yeah. from 22 to 36. And we like Crazy. the growth just like started going like this. And it was all like home improvement sales. Well, well look, I mean, if you want to bring up the presentation, let's get started. But <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's, it's, if you think about it, it really is perfect because we're sitting at the kitchen table, you know, you're having a conversation, a dialogue back and forth. And I mean, all the people that are on today know that home improvements need to be sold. 
And a lot of people in this industry, I mean, they just think they can email an estimate or they'll yeah, just, yeah, yeah. you know, I'll email the estimate and some of <laughs> call us back. No, yeah. that this has to be sold in the home and it's a pretty yeah. sophisticated sale yes. that you're making. And you got to know what your people are saying in the house. So it makes so yeah. much sense. So yeah, go ahead. Show us, yeah. show us, take us behind the. Yeah. Oh, here we go. So, yeah. So. Hi, everyone. And so I'm Sebastian. Obviously, Rillo Voice, just to quickly describe what it is, we're the leading speech analytics software for the home improvement industry. And so speech analytics, what it means very succinctly is when your reps go out and they talk to homeowners in the home, right? Mostly salespeople, but even if your production people go out there, your designers, your, your service people, you know, when they're doing the production and making the design uh, measurements and everything, anytime somebody's talking in a home with a customer, mostly sales, they record their, their conversations through the Rillo Voice mobile app that they can use from their phones or tablets. And then it's not a recording tool. It's an AI tool. It's going to take those recordings. It's going to transcribe them into text using speech-to-text technology. And then it's going to take those transcriptions and it's going to use natural language processing powered by GPT-4, which is the, the technology behind GPT-Chat, which we're going to talk about in a little bit. It uses natural language processing to turn these transcriptions into numbers, into data that you can analyze very quickly, as quickly as you analyze the CRM numbers. And, and it literally takes this data and starts giving feedback to your reps automatically so that they can help uh, you know, improve their sales. And not only helps your reps improve their sales, it helps you as an owner, as a sales manager, as somebody who's a sales executive, do essentially what we call virtual ride-alongs that are 100 times faster, better, and more productive than just doing the, the usual physical ride-alongs that we're accustomed to doing. We say leading. We say leading. We used to say just speech analytics software, but we say leading because we, like I said, we launched this product in 2022, and we went from zero to to over 300 customers in, in basically like you know a year. We've become one of the fastest growing startups in the world right now. We're, we're trying to become one of the fastest startups in history. You know, I have this whole thing about how I went to NYU but, and my mom getting happy, but then getting sad that I became an entrepreneur and, and, and now we're doing good. So mom is happy again. But anyways, so <laughs> we already talked about that. Uh, so we have a lot of customers with Rilla now. You know, some of our customers are the top companies in home remodeling and home improvement. We have probably 60% of the top 10, 50% of the top 100, you know, we've been and, featured and, on and, and, and look, you know, one of the things, sorry to interrupt you. I'm going to do yeah, this yeah. times. Go ahead. Here's the thing is there's a lot to learn from what the best in the industry are doing. I say this all the time. You want to model the best. So you've got, you know, so, some of my friends and clients here, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. the best in the business are using this technology to get better. And yeah. so, and it's a, an affordable technology. This is not something that just as he's talking about that, don't let that discourage you. I don't care what size you are. This, and if you have salespeople, this will, this can transform what you're doing in the house. So Absolutely. I just make that distinction. Yeah. And then I, and I would say, and if it sounds are... like, and look, Sebastian, I'm sorry to cut you off again. If it sounds yeah, okay. like I'm selling this, I am I tell you because no, and I'll tell you why, because this is a helpful solution. You know, this is a helpful solution. A lot of people, you know, they, they get turned off by this idea of, well, we're going to get pitched on this on a webinar. Well, we're introducing to you something that's going to can transform your business. That's my job. My job is at the wealthy contractors to bring you people tools, resources, strategies, connections, relationships that are going to help you grow your business.
And I want to talk a little bit about other ways that businesses can implement AI, but because I should say home improvement is going to be at the forefront of one of the biggest uh, technological transformations of human history, which is AI. And, and I want to talk a little bit about later why why home improvement in particular is at the forefront awesome. of this, which is why why it's so important that, that we're talking today. So so anyway, so so a lot of customers featured on Forbes, TechCrunch, all that crap. Nobody cares. This is the, the meat and potatoes of it. Yeah. So why, why should we be considering using AI as part of our sales process? So our customers, right, who have launched Rilla, who have seen benefit from it, they agree on one fundamental premise that sales is a highly competitive sport where you need amazing coaches, you need amazing superstar players, but you also need not just amazing players, you need really great training systems, right? And in-field coaching, in-field training, so that you can kind of take what your superstars are doing and replicate it across the entirety of your team so you can develop a championship winning team. That's a fundamental premise that our customers agree on, right? Sales is a highly competitive sport, championship coaches, championship players and championship winning game systems, right? You cannot avoid having a winning game system in your sales process if you want to be one of the top companies in the space. The problem with, with the sport of sales is this fundamental lack of visibility that we have about our training systems. It's like if I took the best team of all time of any sport, right? People can think of, you know, Tom Brady with the Patriots. People can think of, you know, Phil Jackson. I think of Pep Guardiola because I'm Latin American. And I think of, you know, I, I know this is not popular. I mean, this is, this is uh, soccer. It's football with the feet, folks. Uh, it's, a, it's, a, it's a foreign content. Yeah. <laughs> European socialists. They play hey, we got it. We got it. We're Americans, <laughs> yeah. but we got it. We know. Yeah. Well, this is the team I pick. And it's like, but, but think of Bill Jackson. Think of like, you know, literally like any, any of the championship winning teams of all time. Imagine if we told their coaches, right? You can coach your players, you can, tr you can train them, you can give them feedback and tactics and playbooks and drills, and you can kind of track results and see if your players are winning games or losing games or scoring and not scoring. But one thing we're not going to let you do is we're not going to let you be on the field when the game is going on. You can't be courtside when the game is going on. You can't watch the game on TV. You can't review the game film of the game after the game. You can't see the game at all. Do you think that that team that you're thinking of, best team of all time, do you think they would have won all those championships? And the answer is probably not, right? Because imagine, you know, Dennis Rodman with the Chicago Bulls, they lose a the game. Phil Jackson couldn't see the game. They call him up and it's like, guys, what happened? And Dennis, like, we did everything you told us to, coach, 100%. We did the triangle offense just like you told us to. And Phil is like, how do you coach if you can't be on the same page? And unfortunately, that's the situation that we have in home improvement sales today because we train our players, we coach them, we give them tactics and we give them playbooks and we give them objection handling techniques and we give them the company story and we track results because we've had CRMs for 20 years already. And it's easy for us to track our NSLI, our conversion rate, everything, our leads, our cancellation rate, everything. But at the end of the day, we're only seeing, we are only seeing the inputs that we're giving them and the outputs that are coming out. And then there's a black box in the middle, what's happening in the home. We can't see what the hell is going on because yeah. The only way to do that is doing a ride-along. Builder Prime is changing the game for home improvement contractors. Imagine having everything you need to help your business grow in one place. CRM, estimating marketing automation with SMS, production management software, and now call center dialer integration, all wrapped into one easy-to-use package. And it's never been easier to switch CRMs. Hundreds of contractors trust Builder Prime to grow their businesses with powerful reporting tools to see which leads are making money, which sales reps are the top performers, and where to optimize for the greatest impact. We're talking about winning more jobs, boosting productivity, and delighting your customers. Are you ready to fuel your business growth even faster without all the daily frustrations 
of your current tech stack, you owe it to yourself, your team, and your business to learn why everyone is switching over to Builder Prime, the only true does-it-all CRM for home improvement contractors. Head over to BuilderPrime.com and request a personalized demo with an expert today. And the ride-along, let me just give you the fundamental problem of the ride-along, which we're going to get into in a, in a little bit. Fundamental problem of a ride-along, let's say that you have six salespeople, right? Say you have six salespeople that are each doing two appointments a day, five days a week, four weeks out of the month. That's 240 appointments a month that you're having, right? If you do a ride-along, let's say you go out two times a week to do ride-alongs. Let's say you have a sales manager who's spending half of his time doing ride-alongs, right? Or half of her time doing ride-alongs. Imagine they go out two times a week and they see two appointments a day, four weeks out of the month, right? They're only going to be able to see about, let me just show you here. They're only going to be able to see this much of the totality of your conversations. They're going to be able to see 6% of the totality of the conversations that are happening after they're spending half of their time doing ride-alongs. That's the fundamental problem of visibility. No matter what you do, doesn't matter how many managers you hire, how hard they work. The fundamental problem is in the sport of sales, right? Unlike other sports, you have multiple players playing at the same time at different places. Phil Jackson can see the Chicago Bulls, everybody playing at the same time at the same place, but you guys have reps that are distributed across the territory selling at the exact same time at, at different places. And you can't be everywhere at once. That's the fundamental problem. It's laws of physics. So what we did with Realize, we said, okay, Let's allow owners and sales executives and sales managers to be everywhere at once without having to do ride-alongs because our AI is going to be doing the heavy lifting. The AI is going to be doing the ride-alongs for you. And the way it works is your reps talk to customers, right? They record their conversations. But remember, it's not a recording tool. It's not like you're going to have to review 240 appointments manually because then you'd say, Sebastian, why would I hate my life in such a way to spend <laughs> like 240 hours reviewing appointments? No. The AI, right, will automatically try. And this is possible now. It wasn't possible to do this before. This is why it exists now, because AI has advanced so much that it can literally take the audio, transcribe it, analyze it, and literally let you see the game of sales as it's being played in real time, just like any other coach in any other sport. You're going to have your 240 appointments, hundreds of appointments, thousands of appointments right here. You're going to see how many appointments are happening. This is the Real Voice Conversation Intelligence Dashboard. You're going to see this from your CRM, right? You're going to see how many appointments are happening. With Rilla, you're going to come in here and you're going to see the numbers behind the numbers, right? You're going to see the numbers behind the numbers. You're going to see how long are my reps spending in the home talking to the customer talk time, right? And here you can have one of your top performers, Evan, let's say here, he might be spending two hours talking to the customer on average, while somebody like, you know, let's see, Justin here, he's only spending 49 minutes, right? So you can kind of see if Justin is one of your bottom reps who's struggling, you can kind of start getting clues about why it is that Justin's not closing deals. And you have hypotheses. You say, okay, Justin's probably not doing the sales process as I coached him because he's only going in there, giving a price and getting the hell out of there. He's probably not building rapport. He's not doing price conditioning, all these different things that we coach our reps to do, right? But then I don't have to stay in the hypothesis. I can literally go into Rilla and the AI is going to tell me, okay, my rep, Justin, is he generating buying signs, interest, and urgency? Not at all. <laughs> He's only doing it 14% of the time. Is he doing an opening statement where he tries to like build rapport with the customer before going into the presentation? Only 50% of the time. Is he doing price conditioning where he tries to talk about cost versus value and what the average cost of a remote? 0% of the time. And right there, what I just did is I just did a ride-along in every single appointment that my rep, Justin, had for the last month or the last year, it was almost like if I was sitting there with him. And when I go into my one-on-one with Justin now, I can give him feedback about what he's doing. That's not leading him to success. It's not a black box anymore. 
You're seeing the game like any other coach Incredible. in any other sports. Incredible. That that is real voice. I want to stop there. <laughs> That's he, incredible. If there's anybody. Yeah. Uh, by the way, I want to tell everybody that, yeah, you know, I was just saying a minute ago, the rant about how I'm selling this hard. I don't <laughs> make a penny. If you sign up for Rilla, I don't make a penny on it. Yeah, there's I, no I, affiliate fee <laughs> back and forth between me and Sebastian. None. Zero. Okay. So you see why, how this is so powerful. Is this a good time to bring on like somebody that's actually using the software? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> ask Anne to come in. Anne is from Herbert Roofing. Herbert Roofing is one of the companies that's in our wealthy contractor hey. group. There's Anne. How are you, Anne? I'm great. Thank you. So you are a user of Rilla Voice. Tell us about it. Tell us like, how do you use it? Um, what has it done for your business over there? Sure. So we met Sebastian and started using Rilla last fall. I think it was about October that I mm -hmm. connected with him and we got signed up with Rilla. And exactly what Sebastian was just laying out there, the difficulty. I was a new sales manager. I was new to the roofing industry when I came here to work for Herbert and came into really a good experienced team of sales reps. You know, so that difficulty of how do I get in and start coaching them, training them, Let's face it, I'm a woman sales manager. I got all these guy sales reps out there. They even want me riding along with them. <laughs> you know, they're embarrassed and have me ride with them, you know, all of that. So that was a challenge to overcome and just really gave me exactly what Sebastian said, the ability to ride along virtually. You know, my sales reps aren't nervous because I'm there. They're not tweaking or making sure they dot every I and cross every T because, you know, the boss is riding with them. So it just gave me a really true picture of what was happening out in the field. So that was my first thing with, that was awesome with it. How many salespeople do you guys have now? I now have eight salespeople. Eight. I wow. started so out with the, five. Yeah. So the now with five. Yeah. Sebastian <laughs> did a little while ago, you know, for, for you, that's a, that's gets exponential real quick. Right. And, and kind of a hidden thing that Sebastian didn't touch on there. That's been a benefit for me is onboarding those additional sales mm. reps, you yeah. know, because otherwise what we train in-house, then what do you do with new sales reps? Mm. You send them on ride-alongs to go see what yeah. the other guys yeah. are doing in the field, where now I have all these real recordings that they have homework to go listen to the top producers and what they're doing in the home. So then they can hear multiple conversations and Oh, that's interesting. So you make your new reps mm -hmm. listen to what the top performers are doing. Mm -hmm. Oh, very yeah. smart. Very <laughs> smart. Yeah. 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 That's awesome. Very cool. What's it done? What's it done for you guys since you started? I mean, you've been using it now for what, like six months? Yeah, for six months. And honestly, Brian, I don't have solid data for you because in that six months, we've totally turned our sales system upside down and yep, redone it. <laughs> and we've switched our CRM in that yep. amount of time. So we're still digging out and getting data there. I mean, I'll be totally honest with you on it. When we started it, my original five guys, it met a significant amount of resistance. Yeah, I bet it did. From mm -hmm. them, you know, that feeling of big brothers watching over my shoulder, that sort of thing. So we had some hurdles how, to get over. How did you get past that? Because I, I've heard that same thing because, mm -hmm. okay. So the practical thing is they come into the house, 
How are they reporting? What are they doing? What we've decided to do here, our process is because our sales process is the estimator goes and meets the customer. So they have that initial greeting, that initial needs analysis and everything with the customer. Then they have their time doing the roof inspection, building the quote, and then they're going back in the house at the end and sitting down at the kitchen table with the customer. For ease and simplicity for us, I make them turn on the record button as soon as they get out of the truck. Okay. So they, so I'm recording Smart. their initial greeting needs analysis, how they're building that rapport from the beginning all the way through to the end. So we get some dead space when they're up on the roof and, you know, doing the measurements, but with the AI, you can just fast forward, you know, I can hop around right to the parts of the conversation I want to listen to. Yeah. So, so what happened? So you, you said to the guys, okay, from the minute you get out of the truck, you're going to hit the record button. And they said, how did you overcome how did you overcome the resistance? I mean, with the new guys, it's easy, right? Because new guys here's, easy. Here's, here's the process. Yeah. But with the old guys, which, you know, most everybody that's going to start mm-hmm. is mm-hmm. going to have to deal with this. So how did you do it? What are some tricks? Truth, frank, honest. No, lie. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. You want frank, honest. Nobody's listening. It's just us, Sam. Yeah. It's just it me, you, and down. Sebastian. Tell us. It came down to the end of the year when doing annual, you know, one-on-ones with all the guys. And I had written out, you know, all the changes we've made in the previous months with our sales process. And we run EOS, right? So core value fit, then get it, want it, capacity to do your seat. And it just became something I built into that. Like, this is part of our sales process. This is a step. Are you going to do it? Like, you haven't been doing it consistently. Are you going to do it now? Are you going to commit to doing it? now for this next 90 day period. And honestly, I had to put it on our scorecard. So it became a scorecard measurable for everyone wow, okay. that they were expected to record their appointments. We're, our goal is to hundred percent. I gave them grace and said, okay, 80%, you know, you've got to be, you got to be there 80% of the time. And since I did that the first year, now I have the compliance. Yeah. So it- well, look, you know, I think Sebastian's, Sebastian's analogy of the sports team mm-hmm. is, is the best one. I mean, you have the ability within your, I, I actually put a presentation together, but I, I didn't have time to deliver it on this, on this idea that your sales team is like developing your own superstar NBA team. Mm-hmm. And if you aren't doing all of the things, I mean, these guys don't just show up and play a game. Yeah. You know, these guys, these guys sit at the free throw line and shoot and shoot and shoot and shoot for hours to develop that skill. Then they, every piece of the game, they're practicing, they're developing. And then they're, and then it's like, like you said, game day, you got to have tape. One of my good friends has been an assistant coach in the NBA for 20 something years he started off in the tape room. So he would watch the game. He would be the Rilla voice. He would make all the notes for the coach to say, okay, coach, here, here's all the tape that we need to watch and review with, you know, and it's the same idea here. I mean, it's just, I, and it's, you know, if you're going to do business, and this is one of my, my big things, we talk about it on the podcast a lot, which I'm probably going to release this as a podcast episode too, because I think it's valuable. We talk a lot about, you know, if you're going to do the business, do it the best you can do it. 
You don't need to make anything up. Go learn and model. Learn what Anne is doing out in the industry. Go learn from the other Rilla clients and what they're doing in the industry. Mm -hmm. You don't have to figure this shit out all by yourself. (laughs) And the people that do try and figure it out by themselves, they're the ones that always come and say, well, that'll never work for me. (laughs) It it won't because you don't believe in developing a world-class organization. You don't believe in developing a winning sales team. I'm sorry. You know, I just want to piggyback on what you said there, Brian. I think it, this, it, the same things that you just said there are very true for the people on our sales teams. The ones that have that kind of mindset of that they're going to do whatever they can to improve, to, drill, to embrace yep. the change, embrace the tools and use the tools will be successful and grow and improve. And those that choose not to, that's their choice too. And that'll well, flesh out as well. Well, and look, I mean, one of the things that that doesn't get talked about a lot too, again, using the NBA analogy, there's five guys that play at any given time. There's only five guys on the court. And when you go to, so, you know, when, when I used to do some work with Brian Elias at 1-800-Hansons, mm. you go into his control room. Okay. And all the monitors up on the screen, they were running multiple locations out of this sales reps were put in the order of performance. Guess who got leads first? Mm -hmm. Just because you're a salesperson, there's no guarantee that you're going to get leads. If you're burning leads, especially in this environment, Mm. if you're burning leads, you can't get any more leads until you improve your performance. And that's what, I mean, Brian has been doing that, you know, was doing this forever. But I think more and more companies now are starting to realize that, hey, wait a minute, especially in this new environment, you got eight sales reps, but you've only got enough leads today for six. Which six are getting those leads? (laughs) And if the other two are like, well, getting all pissed off about, well, how come you didn't give me a lead today? Well, you didn't perform. You didn't turn on the recording. You didn't follow the step selling system. You didn't make our sales meeting. You didn't, you just go down the list. You are not a great performer. So, and I'll say one other thing about this too, is this is why you should always be recruiting. You should always be, I mean, these NBA teams are doing trades. They're looking for new talent. You know, they're not just saying, okay, these are our five guys and this is it. No, they got a bench and then they got scouts and recruiters out there looking for new talent. And that's what we should be doing too in this industry. Again, especially as things normalize. Yeah. I wanted to talk about one thing that you mentioned, Brian, like your friend who worked at the NBA, who was kind of like the Rilla assistant. That's literally how we think about it. Right. So like a lot of people ask us like, you know, oh, it's like, you know, a lot of sales managers, like, is this going to replace my job? Is this going to replace my job as a sales manager? And we're like, AI will not replace a sales manager. A sales manager using AI will replace a sales manager. (laughs) A sales manager, like, you know, because what this essentially is, it's kind of like an assistant, right? It's an assistant that's going out there, giving you what you need so that you could do your job. Literally what your friend was doing of giving the reports to the coach. You're like, here's what we need to review. Here's the game film. That's literally what it is. It's a tool. Like now that we're in the new age of AI, of the revolution of AI, 
the tools that enhance the, the human being 30x, 100x, those are the tools that are probably going to stick around for a long time, right? This is one of such tools where a sales manager, like before, you, you could, you know, see two ride-alongs a day. Now you could see like literally like 100, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like that's, that's what we're talking about. So think about it like as an assistant sales manager. So I want to open up to questions. We're going to wrap up here with questions. So you guys can go either. I'll be looking at the Q&A box. You can go to the Q&A box or you can go to the chat box. Either one, whatever is easier for you. I'll look at both. And if you've got questions for Anne, can you hang out with us for a few more minutes to see if any sure. questions come in? So, yeah, you can ask either Anne or Sebastian questions about what we've talked about here today. Anybody? No question. Oh, here we go. We got a question. Vic wants to know what your closing ratio is on one call close. Is that going to me? Yep, that's you. Good question. I wish I had an accurate answer, but in the middle of CRM changes, I don't have good data at the moment. We are not a high one call close company. I will say that. So I, off the top of my head, I would say we're only about a 20% one call close. But the guys wow. do record their follow-up appointments as well. So if they have to go back and do a presentation after, you know, meet with a customer a second time, they record that meeting as well. Yeah. So Vic, to give you a, a sense, there are, I mean, the, uh, Sebastian could probably give you, you know, 20 examples of close ratio of companies, but some of the, let me see here. I mean, you've got, 41% increase on average in conversion rate, which is pretty incredible. Yeah. Like uh, we can, I can share one here. Like, you know, we have Kitchen Saver Maryland. They, in the first month of using Rilla, they had a 25% increase in their close rates. Yeah, They basically went from like 30, 30, let me see here. They had on average, they were like, well, if you're using that example, that was the one I just gave. Went, so they went okay. from 38 to 57. Okay, okay, yeah, yeah. 20, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah, perfect. Is, no, but so that's Kitchen Saver. That's a different Kitchen Saver. That's what Jeff Hazleton. We're talking about Nathan Snyder from Kitchen Saver, Maryland, which oh, is a different one. Oh, okay. They did, they went from 25 and 27% conversion rate to 35%. So it was like a 30 and a 40% increase for different parts of their team. So yeah. it, usually 30 to 40%. Yeah. So Vic it's, you should be putting this in like immediately, like <laughs> today. Okay. So let me close that one out. Okay. We are going to make this recording available. Someone's asking to share it with their executive team. Absolutely. Okay. This is for Sebastian. How does the AI categorize the yeah. entire conversations into those topic categories you showed? Are those categories preloaded into the system? Yes. So for instance, if you have, let me just literally show you live how it does it. So let's say you have a sales script, right? Let me just look up a sales script here. If you don't have a sales script, it doesn't matter. We're going to take an actual conversation from your top performers. And then imagine we go in here. Let me just share my screen here. So if you take a script, right? And you go to our friend GPT chat, right? If you haven't used GPT chat, literally try it out yourself. We use GPT chat regularly in our company. We say, give me the topics of this sales script. Give me the keywords and phrases for each topic. And then we put it there. Boom. And it just starts doing bang. 
bang, 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 bang. It gives you the company story, all the keywords and phrases that go in it. And that's how we upload your sales system into Rilla. And it just literally gives you all the installation, quality company story, all of those different things that you need in order to upload into your sales process. And that's what Rilla is going to be tracking if your reps are actually talking about. But it'll actually start updating itself automatically based on the conversations of your top performers. So if you have a sales script that's not foolproof, what Rilla is going to do is it's going to start looking for topics that the top performers are talking about more than others. And, it, and it'll tell you like, hey, you should be including these topics that you didn't have in your sales script. You should be including those because they're really important. So yeah, the AI just does it on its own, essentially. Oh, whoa. We have a bunch of questions. Oh, Vic said I'm calling Rilla today. <laughs> <laughs> He's a cool guy. You're going to, you'll like Vic a lot. He's a cool guy. Another Armenian guy. Okay. Oh, what is, hold on. Brian Goldberg, what does the report look like when Rilla sends data to the representative? Perfect question, Brian. My man, Brian. <laughs> so let me see here. So if you guys have the reps, let me just show you a quick demo of the mobile app here. There it is. So let me just, so here is the mobile app, right? So your reps, what they'll see is they will see metrics on how to talk. How to talk is their talk ratio, their longest monologue, their talk speed, their patience. And as you can see, some of these metrics are green and some of them are yellow. And so what Rilla is doing is it's measuring how the top performers in each sales team talk. And as you can see here, it tells every single one of your reps, here's where you are in your talk ratio. You're talking 56% of the time versus a homeowner. And the top performers in your company, they're talking 53. So you're a little bit above the recommended talk ratio. Try to modulate how you you know, how much you talk versus the customer so you can kind of be more like the top performers. And so that's how to talk. Let me just fast forward here. Then you can kind of see your metrics over time to see. It's kind of like Michael Jordan. He literally had a physical coach that would count how many steps he would take per game and per quarter and would literally track over time how much Michael's working so he could keep himself consistent. So this is like literally allowing your reps to stay under this red line here, which is the recommended benchmark by the top performers. And then they can also see metrics on what to say. How do the top performers handle objections, right? How do they kind of like, you know, overcome the pricing objection? So for instance, what they can do here is they can look for an objection. Let's say that a top performer overcame the pricing objection or I'm not interested or the, I need to think about it, whatever. They can literally click on an example. This is what Anne does with her reps where they can literally go and watch the top performers and how they're overcoming that objection. And as you can see, it just takes you right there to that. It's like your reps shadowing each other. And this is all in the app. They can ask for feedback. They can leave feedback here in the comments. And then we have the last thing, which is what we call these little TikToks for sales, where the reps can go, let me see if I can show you here. The reps can go and like literally swipe through a bunch of examples of top performers overcoming objections. I don't think it's loading now, but anyways, that's the app. Oh, there it is. This is like TikToks. They're just swiping and it's like automatically personalized for each rep. It's like a bunch of little TikToks for sales. So yeah, that's how the app looks like. Incredible. Incredible. <laughs> Ed is asking how the feedback is created. I think he just answered that question, right? Looks at how your top performers talk and what they say, and it updates recurrently based on your CRM results. Yeah. Ed, you should get this too. <laughs> uh, what is, uh, Chris is asking, what is the onboarding process for Rilla? It's an hour and 15 minutes to basically say, I want to get started to actually getting started. There's 30 minutes of a setup call. The setup call is where we integrate with your CRM. We integrate with your appointment system so that we can match the conversation to the right customers in the CRM. This is where we take your sales script and we run our AI through it so that we can get your analytics and set it up for your accounts, right? We That takes 30 minutes. And then 
and talked about this. We, we always know there's going to be friction initially with your reps. We have a 45 minute launch meeting with your reps to literally pitch them real and tell them, Hey, we know you're scared. We know this is scary, but it's going to be okay. And at the end, we start showing them testimonials of reps who increase their conversion rates, their money by like 30, 40, and then there we get that hurdle initially. And so it's a 45 minute launch meeting. So an hour and 50 minutes total. Awesome. Okay, Justin, we got a lot of questions, so we got to get <laughs> this quick. I think your first question, Justin, was answered. Can we use this to analyze our talk track and tweak it? Yes, absolutely. Does the AI analyze top performers' talk tracks at other companies and let you users know what works? No, we no. do not share data across companies. No. <laughs> that would be a big fat no. They would be out of business like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's uh, there's other contractor networks that we have that choose to be together, like Anne's part of that. But but that's only if you choose to be able to like you know go into the same account with other contractors. But by default, no. We just keep the data silent for each company. Yeah. Steve is asking how cost is determined. It's number of reps, right? Yeah, yeah. It's a price per license per year. Yeah. Okay. Justin said, if so, how? I think we I think we covered that, Justin. Chris, we have a plumbing company in New York City who deals more with property managers and building engineers. Do you have any companies like us that have used the platform? Yeah, one of our best customers is called Eco Plumbers. They do a lot of plumbing. <laughs> they do they yeah, we 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 sell to a lot of HVAC, plumbing, electrician, kind of like the home services type. Chris, yes. for sure. Any, yes. Look, I think that any conversation that's happening between yes. your sales reps, your production people, your plumbers, your electricians, your, anybody that's having conversations with clients, record them. I mean, yeah, I mean, it's, I think it's a no brainer. <laughs> how does Brian Goldberg's asking, how does Rilla know the top rep for comparison? First, you tell it who it is yeah. <laughs> at the beginning. <laughs> That's very simple. And then it kind of keeps updating based on who's actually performing on your CRM because it connects to your CRM and it analyzes the outcomes and it analyzes who's closing the average ticket size, all of those. And then it updates. But at first you just tell it. Yeah. Ed O'Neill, the one I said, hey, sign up for this. He says, I have a nice already. <laughs> nice. Yeah. He's, uh, yeah, they're, they're like, he's quick. Okay, Julie, or hi, Julie. She's got a good question. Can you use this for event promoters and call center? Yes. You have an account for sales team. Yes. Or does it cost extra per group using the service? It, it doesn't cost per group. It costs you per license. So however many people you have actively recording, that's what's going to determine your cost. And you can use it for your event promoters and you can use it for your call centers as well. So basically they, they're in different silos within Rilla Voice? That is correct. So you basically can create teams within Rilla and you can say, here's my promoter team. Here's my call center team. Here's my Florida team. Here's my Massachusetts team. You can put teams into sub teams and so on and so forth. And you can like design your organizational hierarchy and you can have talk tracks that are different for each team, by the way. So you don't have to apply the same talk tracks. So like we have companies that sell baths and windows and doors. They have a talk track for doors. They have a talk track for windows. They have a talk track for, and the same thing you can do with your call center and your event promoters. Yeah. Just the same, Justin, I think. Oh, great questions. Can a rep, and I think this was answered, but let's say it again. Can a rep compare his own sales yes. performance from when he loses a sale? Yeah. When he wins a sale? Yes. So, so that those metrics that I showed you on the mobile app, you can filter to say, show my 
only instead of being compared to the top performers in my team, show me mine. And then I'll show you best practices for conversational analytics for yourself only. And it'll compare your close one versus your close lost. Okay. Okay. Three more quick questions. Chris, uh, this one's real quick. Chris, just get with them. We're not going to talk about you know pricing. It's very affordable compared to what it does. It's super affordable, but I'd rather you guys get on a conversation with Rilla and learn more before we, I don't want to quote any prices over this. Um, it depends. <laughs> it's what? It depends on how many reps you have because there's like yeah. uh, volume discounts and so on. Yeah, but it's, but it's, believe me, it's very affordable. Okay. Brian is asking, how often are the benchmarks adjusted and are there possibilities for CRM integrations? Yeah. So the bench adjusted, if you have one of the CRMs that we integrate with, they're basically adjusted in real time. The, the API call goes like every five minutes or something like that. And we integrate with a lot of CRMs, uh, i360, Salesforce, HubSpot, Lead Perfection, uh, Market Sharp, Aculinx, Service Titan. There, there's just a bunch that we're integrating with right now. And more right, come, come on, come. listen to this guy. I mean, he's he, he's been inside under the hood of all of those things. He knows yeah, how to yeah. work. <laughs> All right, here's the last question. And yes. this is a big one. What is the legality of recording these conversations with customers without their permission? And then there is, especially in California at the end. Perfect question. So especially in California. So in America, we have two types of states. There's one party consent states and there's two party consent states like California, Massachusetts, Florida, Pennsylvania, Maryland. Uh, there's 12 two party consent states in America, which California is. One party consent means you only need the consent of one party to the conversation to record that conversation. Think of literally. Johnny Depp and Amber Heard, they recorded each other <laughs> without the consent. Not only was it legal, they brought it into court and it was admissible in TikTok for us to clip and make fun of. So that's one party consent, basically no legal problems there. In California, where we have a lot of customers and in Massachusetts and in Pennsylvania, what you have to do is you just have to let the homeowner know in advance that you are going to be recording that meeting, just like you do in your call center. When they call your call center and you say, hey, this call is being recorded for quality and training purposes. That's it. That's a legal requirement. You just have to disclaim to the homeowner that you're going to be recording. So how do you do that in a compliant way, in a safe way, in an accurate way that's not where you're not going to, there's no ifs, ands, or buts. You're just in the clear. The way you do that for in-home sales, first, you put a little disclaimer on your website if the customer is going to book an appointment online. In that little thing where you put your marketing box and it says, I agree and consent to receiving marketing emails, you just say, I also understand and agree that my conversation will be recorded for quality and training purposes, number one. Uh, number two, you uh, send appointment reminders over text or email. If you're using any one of these softwares that sends reminders, you just say, hey, thank you for booking with us. So-and-so is on their way to the appointment. Just so you know, we're going to be recording that meeting for quality and training purposes. Number three, you put it in your call center. <laughs> just like you put your message in the call center, this call is being recorded for quality and training purposes. You say, hey, all of our calls and in-person appointments will be recorded. And then when you book the appointment, you can have another pre-recorded message that says, thank you for booking. We're going to be recording that meeting for quality and training purposes. And that way you just automate the disclaimer, just like you do in the call center. And that way you're completely in the clear. And you're letting the homeowner know that they're going to be recorded. You're transparent. And you just do it in an automated way without having to rely on the sales rep remembering to say to the homeowner, hey, we're recording this meeting. You're just automating it. And that way you're like completely awesome. legally in the clear. Awesome. Have we even given out a website or anything? No. So the website is realavoice.com. I'm putting it in the chat. Oh, I only put it for the hosts and panelists, but it's uh, realavoice.com. That's R-I-L-L-A voice.com. And let me see here. If you guys have your phones with you, you guys can go to. I just put it in the chat too. Okay, perfect. Yeah. 
And then if you guys have your thing there, you can also use this QR code if you have your phone there and just that'll take you to the website. Cool. Anne, thank you so much for being here and sharing your experience. Good luck with your CRM project. I know that those are always fun. Yeah. <laughs> and I will, hopefully I'll see you soon. Thank you, Brian. Appreciate you're, it. You're awesome, man. Thank you, man. <laughs> Thanks for listening to today's episode of the Wealthy Contractor Podcast. Let me ask you, did it help you look at your business in a different way? Did it spark an idea or ideas that you hadn't thought of before? Do you have a list of action items that you can take and implement into your business or your life today? I really hope so. If it did, I'd like to ask you a favor. Would you leave a five-star review of the podcast? By doing so, you'll help other contractors find the podcast more easily so that we can help them achieve more success, wealth, and freedom. And before you go, make sure you subscribe to the Wealthy Contractor Podcast so you get access to the latest episodes as soon as they're available. We're always striving to provide you with great content so you don't want to miss what's coming up. In fact, if you haven't already, make sure you go to thewealthycontractor.com and get your free copy of my latest book, The Seven Secrets to Becoming a Wealthy Contractor. Just pay shipping and handling, and I'll take care of the cost of the book. So until next time, this is Brian Cascavalsia. 